Hi, I'm Carmen. I'm a fellow ADHDer. I'm a certified ADHD life coach, and I'm also a teacher, and I'm the host of this podcast, Authentically ADHD. I created this podcast in order to help me reach my goal of helping as many ADHDers as I can to thrive instead of just survive. Are you ready to jump in? Let's get started. Hello and welcome to Authentically ADHD with me, your host, Carmen. How are you? How are you? I am doing pretty well considering it's been raining for the past 48 hours and I need some sunshine in my life. I really do. I really do. I received a few more five-star ratings, and I just want to thank you for choosing this podcast. I know that there are tons of podcasts that you could choose to spend your time listening to, and I am grateful that you choose mine. Remember that all of the topics that I talk, that I talk about <clears throat> can be coached on. And I have a link in my show notes for a free coaching call. Now, they go for about 30 minutes to an hour. It's a free consultation call and you can ask me as many questions as you want and I can coach you on usually one topic. Uh, I just wanted to remind you and put that out there. And uh, I also wanted to welcome any new listeners. If you are new to the podcast, welcome to the tribe. This is the place where we talk all things ADHD, the good, the bad, the ugly. And I, we talk about tips and we talk about mindset and ways to work with your ADHD and not make it more work for you. And I'm really excited about today's topic because I've seen it a lot on social media and I'm going to tell you the truth. It kind of bugs me. It kind of bugs me. I'm, you know, I, I really feel like I need, I need to repeat that for some emphasis, but my topic today, it, it's, it, it developed from social media and the trending word of ADHD paralysis and the way that it's presented because it's not always presented correctly and I wanted to clear that up with today's episode. So today we are talking about breaking the chains of inaction and unraveling the mystery of ADHD paralysis. Let's get started. Hey listener, if you're looking for a little bit more in setting and reaching your goals or any other part of my podcast, you have two options below. You can join Focused and we both get a credit to our account, or you can sign up for a free 30-minute coaching call with me in the second link. 
do either one if you feel like you want more support in these areas. Thanks. Talk to you soon. So have you ever had important tasks to get done or, you know, you just needed to do regular housework and you just couldn't seem to get off the couch, couldn't seem to stop doom scrolling, binge watching TV or whatever, all while thinking, I need to do the task. I want to do the task. I am feeling terrible about not doing the task. I should do the task, etc., etc. But I still can't do the task. And instead, you find yourself like unable to listen actively to people while they're talking to you, like unable to make any decisions, rapid mood and emotional changes, time blindness to the extreme, which leads to poor time management and uh, an inability to maintain focus. You get easily distracted. Even if you try to start a project, um, you, or you're just unable to start the project completely, even if it's like a super high priority task. Um, and you're usually, while all this is going on, you're overthinking and overanalyzing all the problems, everything that could go wrong, which eventually leads from jumping to tasks, to task, to task, with a lack of focus and a lack of clarity leading to brain fog and eventually just avoidance and procrastination. And sometimes when we are super overwhelmed and we do not know how to take care of our bodies, it leads to ADHD paralysis. This is ADHD paralysis, my friends. Now you may be wondering, what is the difference between ADHD paralysis and procrastination? Well, procrastination is the deliberate act of delaying or avoiding tasks. That means that there's choice involved. ADHD paralysis is the brain getting so overwhelmed that it's already activated the stress response so you're stuck in freeze. There's no choice in ADHD paralysis. So that's, that's the difference between the two. I get the, that question a lot, and I see a lot of the times ADHD paralysis and procrastination are put under the same, you know, I mean, procrastination can be put under the umbrella of ADHD paralysis, but the procrastination there is not a choice because ADHD paralysis is a cognitive overload. I'm going to explain how it works, and I'm going to get a bit sciencey on you, so I will do this as simply as possible. And I've written it out so that I can get it to you in the information that is the most concise way that I can. So first, there are three types of ADHD paralysis. First is mental paralysis, which is an overload of mental, whatever it be, thoughts, decisions, um, you know, actions, all the above. The second one is task paralysis. So that, for example, this could happen after writing a to-do list and you're like on number 20 and then you back up and look at it and 
just you just can't even you don't know where to start you can't choose you can't prioritize all those abilities go out the window and you are unable to do anything with a to-do list and this one sort of interlaps with the third one which is decision paralysis in which there are way too many choices and we are unable to prioritize and decide we are unable to think about the past in order to plan the future to make a decision that works best for our now selves and our future selves so i am going to explain how stress works in the human body because this is what leads to adhd paralysis it's pretty much the difference in adhd paralysis and procrastination like stress is involved when there's paral when there's adhd paralysis i'm just going to say paralysis because saying adhd paralysis is like really tongue-tying me and yeah so now as i'm going through this please keep in mind that our adhd brains are not as developed as our neurotypical peers so this means that we experience these things more often more severely and it takes us longer to recognize and cope with the things that happen efficiently so this is the part where I'm gonna get sciency and try to keep it simple <laughs> so first there's usually an event or a situation or some kind of trigger our brains were designed to protect us so it responds as if it needs to save your life. Thank you, brain. I love you for doing that. But our brains, you know, how great they are. They were evolved to be survival mechanisms, which means they help us react to life-threatening life situations. And this is how it works. Stress re response begins in the brain. So first, the eyes, ears, nose, basically our senses detect danger, whether it's actually life-threatening or not and sends that information to the amygdala, the part of our brain that helps with processing emotions. Remember, in ADHD brains, this is underdeveloped, unless you have been practicing. So then the amygdala sends a distress signal to our hypothalamus. That's the part of the brain that controls our nervous system which is broken up into two parts, the parasympathetic and the sympathetic nervous system. In this case, it controls the or it controls the sympathetic nervous system, which tells our bodies to flee, freeze, or fight or fawn. All this happens again in our sympathetic and parasympathetic nervous systems. The, ner the sympathetic nervous system is overactive in ADHD brains and our parasympathetic nervous system is harder for us to access because the synthetic sympathetic one being the one that gives us adrenaline to respond to perceived dangers, we kind of have a hard time turning it off, which is what the parasympathetic nervous system is. It acts as a brake like a brake of a car to help you stop, like rest and recharge after a stress response, helping you to complete the stress response cycle. Now, the ADHD brain is not so good at listening to our stop signals. That's called impulsivity. 
we are in sympathetic nervous system mode a lot because crisis is our lives basically <laughs> because learning to use our parasympathetic nervous system takes work to be mindful and pause and breathe it's just it's one of those things even though that took me a minute to explain all of that happens so fast in our bodies and brains that we don't even realize or recognize it until we're in the middle of it or it's over so adhd paralysis happens like this when we are stressed already and overwhelmed overstimulated and or triggered emotionally physically or mentally we freeze we're unable to think clearly at all we're any unable to focus or take action on really any task besides possibly robotic ones like that we have memorized it's frustrating it's embarrassing and it slows our overall progress in life some of us but the good news is is that we can get ourselves out of the paralysis it is not easy and it will not happen overnight my friends but i'm telling you it can be done all right now remember you need to pick one of these to start trying to do every day I'm not saying that you need to be consistent if my coach has taught me anything it's persistence is the key so here we go number one the most researched and most successful and biggest way is physical activity notice i didn't say working out notice i didn't say exercise i said physical activity i have two full podcasts on all of the research behind why physical activity is good for you and good for adhd but it's also wonderful for um completing the stress response cycle it really is number two developing self-awareness you can do this by you know noticing the things that you do writing it down uh writing down stream of consciousness thoughts meaning you just write down whatever comes to your brain no judgment just write and this is really one of the biggest first steps to any big skill when we try to improve ourselves being aware of in this case what our adhd paralysis looks like is one of the most important parts just like a self-awareness about if we're trying to improve our sleep or our uh, attention and focus or our planning the self-awareness of how we currently perform that skill is really the biggest first step to any of those things number three create easy wins please start please please i'm begging you to start with small achievable goals us adhders are very known for setting really really unrealistically high expectations for ourselves and then almost like punching ourselves in the face when we don't meet the unrealistically high expectations so i'm begging you to please not do that <laughs> number four do something you love this can include a plethora of things i am not going to list a bunch of things that you could love to do i'm just going to tell you that some of the things i love to do 
Um, when I'm, when I'm feeling like I'm in a paralysis and I want, I think I need some self-love or I want to do something I love, I love to do my makeup. That's my creativity. I'm a terrible drawer. I don't paint. I like to color, but, uh, I love to do my makeup. That's my art. I love to run. I don't know. I get the runners high. It helps with my anxiety and my stress and it helps me focus. And I do love to read like actual books. I do love to listen to books, but I actually, I'm the nerdiest nerd that loves to like listen to the book while I'm reading the book with a highlighter in my hand. Yup, you're getting a little peek into my brain there. Um, that's like the best way that I learn. Um, number five, get some positive social interaction. So connect with a friend connect with somebody on social media authentically please don't just like post cryptic posts that's not social that's not positive social interaction um i mean i'm talking about like i go live sometimes for some positive interaction or i go into my friends live rooms on tiktok for some positive social interaction uh interact with your family your loved ones or join a community this is the perfect time to mention my community and my coach, Kristen Carter of the I Have ADHD podcast. She runs an ADHD group for an ad, for adults. That's where I learn a lot of my skills. That's where I have done a lot of my development. The link is in my show notes if you'd like to join because positive social interactions in a community is also very beneficial. From research and experience, I can tell you. Um, the link is in my show notes. You save some money off your first payment and I get a credit to my account. So it's like a win, win, win. Uh, number six, box breathing. This is a good one to use for in the moment. And I'm going to take you through it since we're here on a podcast. If you know what box breathing is, just do it with me. I sometimes, if I have a pen in my hand, or paper near me. I like to draw a box or a square and I like to trace it as I do these things, as I do the breathing. So box breathing is breathing in. I'm going to explain it first and then we can do it. It's breathing in for four seconds, holding for four seconds, breathing out for four seconds, and then holding that out breath for four seconds and repeating. I'm going to go a little further away from the mic because I don't want to breathe in your ear, but let's practice. So in for one, two, three, four, hold, out for four, one, two, three, four, and then hold at the bottom for one, two, three, four, and repeat. If you repeat that about three, four times, I promise you your parasympathetic nervous system will start to kick in. Number seven, dancing with music on, preferably in two headphones or loud. It's, it's a huge dopamine hit. Sometimes when I can't wake up in the morning or I'm just in a bad mood, I just do this and it really, it just, it gives you a huge dopamine hit. Like if I don't have time to exercise or something like that, I just dance to a song or two and I am good. Number eight, I have talked about this one before and I will continue talking about it, 
It's called brain dumping. And basically what you do is you get out a couple pieces of paper and a pen and you just write down all the things that are in your brain, all the thoughts, all the emotions, all the to do's, everything, because your brain is not a file cabinet. It cannot hold all those things and complete the tasks it needs to. It just can't. I've, <laughs> I have been brain dumping or thought downloading as my coach calls it for almost a year and I still fall off the wagon. I actually noticed this past week that I was getting a little moody, getting a little this, getting a little stressed. Guess what? I realized that I haven't been dumping my brain. Once I started doing that, it, it helped. It really did. Number nine, keep it simple. Please, please keep it simple. Us ADHDers, we love, love to insert details, but we hate paying attention to them. Complex tasks and tight schedules don't work for us, okay? You have to schedule in time for procrastination. You have to schedule in time for rest. You have to schedule in time for fun and play. And then you have to schedule your time for work and break it up, which is number 10. Break it down. And then and, and believe in yourself so first of all big projects are super looming because planning is difficult for the adhd brain so if you have a big project break it down into the smallest parts possible and last but not least this is not this is part of number 10 believe in yourself if you've been listening or you've listened to any of my podcasts you know that telling yourself i can't is usually going to result in you not being able to do the thing. So believing that you can is a really small shift that can do you a lot of favors. I promise. That's all I have for this week, my friends. And I love to hear your progress. I love to hear your methods. I'd love to hear feedback from you on topics that we could do. If you'd like to be interviewed on the show, you don't have to have a specific topic that you want to talk about. That's my job. Just contact me. It's all my information is in my website in the link in the show notes. I hope you have a great week. Stay authentic, my friends, and we will talk soon.